Hello, you're listening to Medical School with Michaela. The goal of this podcast is just to give you an understanding of certain things that you might see on your family medicine rotation in other clinical settings and also to give you an idea of um, what might be on your family medicine shelf exam. So uh, today I'll be talking about enuresis. This is defined as intermittent involuntary urinary incontinence at least twice weekly in a child who's older than five. Remember on a clinical vignette, if the kid's four, it's not enuresis. Uh, primary enuresis is when there's no period of being dry for more than six months. So if a child has constantly never been dry at night, um, they have primary enuresis. Secondary enuresis is when they had a period of being dry for more than six months. So they're a seven-year-old, they were dry from the time that they were five until they're seven, and now they're having periods where they're not dry, secondary enuresis. Between the ages of five and nine, boys are more frequently affected than girls, and the proposed causes of this include high evening fluid consumption, overactive bladder, genetics, low nocturnal antidiuretic hormone production, sleep disorders, including obstructive sleep apnea, and constipation. Clinical features that you need to look out for include um, a history that includes how often this occurs, estimation of volume, how deep a sleeper the child is, whether there is associated snoring, history of parental enuresis, um, and an understanding of how this is handled by the child and the parent, including punishment and rewards on whether the child is involved in cleaning the bed. You want the child to be involved in cleaning the bed. You don't want them punishing the child for it. You also want them to keep a diary of... um, the problem. So how often is the child experiencing this and what else is going on? Physical exams should include checking the the upper airway for signs of obstruction, so tonsillar hypertrophy, an abdominal exam for bladder distension and fecal impaction. This is a clinical diagnosis. Uh, Dipstick urinalysis should be used to rule out diabetes and infection, but not to rule in other causes and not to rule in enuresis. No imaging studies are necessary, so don't feel like you need to do those. Treatment would be simply advising them that this is no one's fault and addressing any coexistent constipation, stopping caffeine consumption, reducing late evening fluid intake, and voiding at bedtime. Enuresis alarms are very, very good, and you should encourage them to use this. They can be very effective. It wakes the child up, and then they can go and... um, When they start to urinate, it wakes them up and then they can go to the bathroom. Nightly, uh, desmopressin can be effective if an enuresis alarm has not produced substantial changes. So tell them, try an enuresis alarm. If this isn't working for the next three months, then we're going to put you on a medication. And if there's no other treatment that's been effective... And mirpermine can be used. So thinking about the order in which we use things, we try make sure that the child isn't having any constipation, make sure they're not having any caffeine consumption, make sure they're not drinking a bunch of water before bed, and make sure they void before they go to the bathroom. All things that we often do. And then put in an enuresis alarm if none of those things work. If it just turns out that your kid drank two gallons of water before they went to bed, well, your kid may have diabetes because they're so thirsty, but we can try to limit that and try to solve that problem. Enuresis alarm next, then we can use desmopressin if for three months the enuresis alarm is not working. Then, let's say desmopressin didn't work, then we can try mipramine. That's all I got. Thank you.